Welcome to In-Depth Studies Weekend. In-Depth Studies is the teaching ministry of Jeff Volker, which seeks to equip the believer with a theological foundation. All teaching is from the point of view of the doctrines of grace and new covenant theology. Thanks as always for joining us. I'm your host, Paul Honeycutt, here with Jeff Volker, Director of In-Depth Studies. Jeff, we're in a fascinating study, I think, and that is looking at law. The Old Covenant Law, the Mosaic Law, what we call the New Covenant Law, or more particularly the Law of Christ. And last week we sort of broke that down, uh, but the question comes to me that is there an overarching between the two, because they are different, they are distinct in one degree, but is there an overarching moral law that sort of carries over and covers all law? Uh, This is particularly an issue of our the brothers uh, who embrace covenant theology. This is an important issue. There is a moral law that is sort of these foundational biblical laws that make up the foundation of all law. Mm-hmm. And they would say that would be the Ten Commandments. And we would say, no, no. From a new covenant theology point of view, there are, t- example, if you're comparing, contrasting the Old Covenant era with Israel versus the New Covenant era, this side of Pentecost, there are two distinct versions of God's law. Mm-hmm. Mosaic law, summarized by the Ten Commandments, the law of Christ, summarized by John 13, 34, and 35, love is Jesus' love. So you have that, two distinct versions, because we think the appropriate question to ask is, which version of God's law am I under and once I answer that question, then I know what law I am to obey. It's rather, in this sense, black and white. So if I'm under the new, if I'm under the law of Christ, and I'm in the, the new covenant era, this side of Pentecost, then I'm under the, then I know I'm under the law of Christ. Then I know which law I'm supposed to obey. Sure. So that's, so so we need to sort of address. In order to address this issue and flesh it out, I think we need to kind of examine the Ten Commandments a bit. And as far as how to do that, it's probably more interesting to examine it through the the lens of the Sabbath commandment, because that's so important to so many folks, particularly those who embrace covenant theology. So let's do that. Okay. But keep in mind, as we continue with this discussion— we're trying to make the case that there is no such thing as an ongoing moral law. There's only, the Bible never talks in those terms, even conceptually. It's The only issue is, which law am I under? And once I determine that, then I know what law I'm supposed to obey. Right. Okay? So we begin Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, because here we have... The, the discussion of the seventh day of creation. And, and the Lord says this, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, of course Moses is recording this, by the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day, that's the Sabbath, and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, what do you actually find yourself find in these passages? You find, okay, on the seventh day, which would be uh, Saturday, you would find that God 
is commemorating that day, resting from the work of creation. Nothing else is mentioned. There's no laws given about what must be done on that day. There's nothing. Right. Okay, so the, then the first time laws are given regarding that day, we find them in the Mosaic Law, which is in the Ten Commandments. So turn to Exodus chapter 20, the giving of the Ten Commandments. And we are in, you find the Ten Commandments listed both in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5, but we're here in Exodus 20. Go to verse 8. 8 through 11, and it says this, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the but the seventh day, technically Friday night to Saturday night, is Friday evening to Saturday evening, is a Sabbath, a day of rest, to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore God blessed the seventh day, the Sabbath day, and made it holy. Now here it acknowledges, it goes back to those seven days of creation, it acknowledges that the seventh day is holy, but now for the first time it adds particular laws to that day. They weren't there before. And so now the laws uniquely are attached to the, uh, to the old covenant with Israel, because that's what's being discussed here. They're on Mount Sinai. What is God giving Israel? He gives them first the Ten Commandments, which is the summary of the requirements of God's law for the nation of Israel. And then he gives them the rest of the Mosaic Law. Uh, so but since we're in Exodus, go to Exodus 34, right at the very end. And here the Lord is talking to Moses, and he said, look at verses 27 to 28. And this, in the context, at least historically, in the nation, in the history of Israel, he's, there was when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the tablets. Uh, now you have Israel worshiping the golden calf, right. and you know, all hell breaks loose. Aaron is obviously no help whatsoever. Moses deals with that. In the process, he throws down the two tablets. They get broken up. He now goes back up on the uh, Mount Sinai. And this time he has to chisel out two more tablets, but God writes on them at least this time. So this is where we are. Then the Lord said to Moses, write down these words, for in accordance with these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. So I, I, let me, I really misspoke. Moses had write this time. Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and forty nights, without eating bread or drinking water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Very telling. This is uh, repeated throughout the Old Testament, and that is that the Ten Commandments are described as the tablets of the covenant. That is a summary statement of the requirements of a works covenant, the Old Covenant. And that is what they are. So when you, when you are describing the Old Covenant, the way you describe the Old Covenant is through looking at the Ten Commandments. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. In a previous radio program, we were here, but now let's go back and just review a little bit. 
The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 3 is defending his apostleship. He's being attacked by false apostles. And his argument is that the transformed lives of the Corinthian believers are the result of the ministry of the new covenant, the work of Jesus on the cross, not the result of the ministry of the old covenant, because it's a works covenant. But notice how he describes that. He says, verse 3, you show, that is the Corinthian believers, that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the, of the living God. That is, your, trans, your changed life is the result of the work of the Spirit. Of course, that's what Jesus purchased on the cross, forgiveness of sins and the work of the Spirit in the life of the believer. So he says, your changed life is not the result of, you know, the, uh, that which was written on ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Then he says, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. He's repeating himself. He's saying the changed life of the Corinthians is not the result of the work of the Ten Commandments, but it is the result of the work of the Holy Spirit. But he's, he's describing in Second Corinthians 3, he's comparing and contrasting the work of the Old Covenant with the work of the New Covenant. The Old Covenant cannot make someone a believer. The New Covenant transforms a person. And they call the Old Covenant, if you look at down to verse 7, the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone. That's how the Old, that's how the old Covenant is described. But when they say, which was engraved in letters on stone, you immediately you think about the Ten Commandments. Right. Because one is, inter, is used interchangeably, Old Covenant, Ten Commandments. And, of course, the Ten Commandments then are the summary of the requirements of the Old Covenant, which is obey the entire Mosaic Law, but you can summarize it in a shorthand sort of way, the Ten Commandments, which are the tablets of the covenant. Mm. Okay, And, of course, one of the fourth commandment is the Sabbath commandment. Right. Okay, so now we sort of... Uh, sort of making our case as we're walking along here. Now let's go and ask the question, in the New Covenant era, this side of Pentecost, when we were under the law of Christ, a new version of God's law, how do they handle the Sabbath commandment? Mm -hmm. Okay, so turn to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. Context of Colossians, there seems to be a dual threat that the Apostle Paul is addressing to the church at Colossae. One is uh, the inroads of Gnostic Greek thought. Mm -hmm. The other is the problem of the Judaizers, trying to, once again, bring the, old, the Mosaic law into the New Covenant era and the, and the Old Covenant then into the New Covenant era. Remember, when we were in the book of Galatians, it was very clear. Paul is saying, if you bring the Mosaic Law into the New Covenant era, then you're bringing in the Old Covenant. And if you're bringing in the Old Covenant, you're bringing in a works covenant. Mm -hmm. So you have two versions of God's law. We're not denying that the law of Christ has many similarities to the Mosaic Law. Absolutely true. But it's a distinctive version of law of God's law. Because we talked about this at one point. In America... We, we are under American law, but our ancestors came from a, a good chunk of them, at least in our beginning of our country, came from England. Mm -hmm. Okay, We were under British law. And then through the American Revolution, 
Now we're under American law. Everybody would agree there's lots of similarities between American law and British law, but some distinct differences. But no one would say today, if you were to ask the man on the street, uh, what law are we under? No one would say, I'm under British law. Mm-hmm. You're under American law because we're, we're no longer a British colony. We're a separate nation in the United States of America. Okay, well, you keep that in mind, two distinct versions of God's law. So when you go to Colossians 2, 16 and 17, Paul is now addressing the problem of the Judaizers. And this is what he says. He says, therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. That is, in the New Covenant era, there is no such thing as holy days anymore. The, the only mention of days we find are in Romans 14, Galatians 4, Colossians 2, and they are all talk about days in negative terms because mm-hmm. they're talking about Mosaic law, Sabbath days, festival days, things like that. In the New Covenant era, under the law of Christ, there are no holy days. There just there just aren't any, and so they, this is a a very important I- issue. And so, what we find is that okay, we find that we in the new covenant era under the law of Christ, we are we live under a distinctly different version of God's law. Whereas if I was a believer, who lived in the Old Covenant era, in the nation of Israel, like David, Psalm 119, well, the way I show, if he's a believer, the way he shows his love for God is that he keeps his commandments. Well, the commandments that he's obligated to keep would be the Mosaic Law, Ten Commandments of Mosaic Law. We're under that same obligation. The way you show your love for God is still to keep his commandments, but we're under a different version of God's commandments. We're under the law of Christ, Different, And, of course, we see that one way that we see that is by examining the Sabbath commandment, that is, the the laws regarding the seventh day are found in the Ten Commandments. Those simply are not brought over in the New Covenant era. There are no holy days. They were a picture of the work of Christ, Mm. but they are only a shadow. The reality now is the work of Christ. They're just a picture. So we're no longer under that version of God's law regarding Holy Day. I'm I'm old enough, and I know so are you, to remember back when in America, very few businesses were open on Sundays. Ah. Now, the question I have is this. Of course, that's all changed now. In fact, I was just hearing on the news today, Thanks, all the stores are opening at midnight Thanksgiving. I mean, it's crazy. You know, they don't know when to close, I guess. Everybody wants to shop 24-7. But the, the, the question is this. I understand I'm no longer under that Tenth Commandment Sabbath regulation, but is it wrong for me as a New Covenant believer to take a day of rest for the Lord? That kind of idea. I mean, is that a? Is am I going down a slippery slope or? Oh no, that that's a great thing. That's a that's a great uh, comment and question. Uh, I should say, you know, dating myself a bit. I grew mm-hmm. up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania being a bit more conservative mm-hmm. state than. Arizona, at least in this era, because I grew up where we had blue laws. Oh. 
which meant that all the stores had to be closed on Sundays except for pharmacies and and some gas stations. Mm-hmm. Okay, everything else was closed, and I just that was just natural. But now, uh, okay, we're under the law of Christ. This version of God's law for the new covenant era, and there's n- there is no mention in the law of Christ of holy days anymore. They're gone. They're well, you ask the question, well, is it wrong for a believer? Let's say if they want to set aside Sunday and as a day of rest. No, absolutely. But if you give the impression that God thinks setting aside Sunday as a day of rest is special, then you're misrepresenting him. Or if I look down on somebody else who's out there mowing their yard on a Sunday right. and condemn them somehow... I'm going down You're absolutely thing. true. So you have the freedom mm-hmm. to do all sorts of things. But I need to be careful that I don't give the false impression that God thinks right. that this is what I should do. If whatever God thinks I should do, he reveals that in the law of Christ, the details of what we're to do or not do in the new covenant era. But there is no mention, not one place of holy days. The only mention of holy days is a uh, negative reaction to the holy days of the Mosaic Law, the law of the Old Covenant era, Sabbath day, and then festival days, which there was a bucket load of those in the Mosaic Law, all sorts of festivals. But we don't have anything more like that. So here we are. This program is, is airing right before Christmas. And, well, what about Christmas? And the answer is, it is an area, it is a day of preference. Mm-hmm. There is no, in the law of Christ, there's no holy day, Christmas day, you know, celebrating the birth of Jesus, our Savior. There's nothing wrong with that. You have the freedom to do that. But once again, we don't want to give the impression this is something God tells that we're supposed to do. There's nothing, because there's no mention in the law of Christ regarding holy days. That's something, that's not part of, God's law for the time in which we live. All right, now I'm going I'm to throw one at you, Jeff. In the book of Revelation, towards the very end of Revelation, it talks about not adding to or taking away anything from that book. We've just, in a sense, taken away something from the Ten Commandments. We're saying the Sabbath commandment no longer applies today. Are we in, then uh, de facto taking all of the Ten Commandments away? No. Well, first off, let's summarize what the New Testament says of the Ten Commandments. The teaching passages, which is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, describes the Ten Commandments as a ministry of death, ministry of condemnation. That is, it is that way because it is the summary statement of the requirements of the old covenant that God made with Israel. Mm -hmm. And that covenant came to an end at the cross. So that means the Ten Commandments as the Ten they're no longer applicable for us. But then the question comes, well, wait a minute, what about, you know, the Ten Commandments is ten laws. Mm -hmm. What about, you know, the laws themselves? Well, we've seen that the Fourth Commandment is is not brought over into the law of Christ. It's not done that. The others, one way or the other, yes, they are. Mm -hmm. But now they're not brought over as the Ten Commandments. Because as soon as you use that lingo, that Mm -hmm. biblical lingo, you are referencing the old covenant, a works covenant. So now 
Yes, we're told to example Ephesians chapter 6, where it is very clearly said on the discussion about, you know, uh, children and parents, mm-hmm. what are our responsibilities under the law of Christ? It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you, that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now, a couple things. One is, so the fifth commandment is now brought over into the law of Christ, but now it is simply part of the law of Christ. Mm. There's no longer, we don't talk about it in terms of the fifth commandment. Because if you talk about it in terms of the fifth commandment, that means in relation to all ten, well, those ten as ten no longer have relevance. That's a summary of the requirements of the Old Covenant. But notice, since we're here, that the promise attached to it, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Well, if you go back and you read it in Exodus 20 or Deuteronomy 5, in the two instances where the Ten Commandments are quoted in the Old Testament, It doesn't say long life on the earth. It talks in terms of the long life in the land, which is Israel. Mm -hmm. So if this law is still applicable today, which it is, then the language that is used then then can also mean the uh, now earth, because in the New Covenant era, the whole world, the earth, is God's focus of attention, no longer Israel. Israel was his focus of attention in the Old Covenant era versus the world is his focus of attention in the New Covenant era. And so that's why we will see at various places where portions of the Ten Commandments are quoted as being still applicable today under the law of Christ. And we would say, well, of course, because if it's something from the Mosaic Law is repeated in the, in, in the New Covenant era, now it is part of the Law of Christ. The reason we keep it, example, let's use specifically the Fifth Commandment. The reason we keep this commandment to obey your parents is not because it's found in the Ten Commandments with Israel, but it's because it is found in the Law of Christ in the New Covenant era. That probably is the clearest way I can to explain this. Yeah, and and what we looked at last week where we talked about uh, in John, uh, where it says, you know, to, to love as I have loved, love others. Clearly, that falls under that under that heading. Yes. I mean, that, that that's what I, what I mentioned last week about having the Ten Commandments on my wall as a child in my bedroom. And I did. I used to look at them, and I used to kind of ask myself, am I doing this? Have I done that? Am I not doing this? Whatever it may be. But now I, when I look at law, that's the question. Does that cause me to love God more, and does it cause me to love my, my neighbor more? And I think in each of these cases, the, the carryovers all are applicable to that regulation or that, that, uh, you know, that standard. Yeah, so now let's sort of step back and get a bigger picture. Let's summarize a little bit. If the, the way you, the way you uh, talk about the require what is a, a a believer supposed to obey in the old covenant era? It would be the Ten Commandments and the rest of the Mosaic Law. The mm-hmm. Ten Commandments being a summary. 
The way you describe what a believer is to obey this side of Pentecost is the law of Christ. The summary statement is John 13, 34, and 35. Love is Jesus' love. So, example, you know, um, if we're having a, um, an election and we have a, a referendum on should we put the Ten Commandments mm. on the walls of all public buildings, public school classrooms, I would vote no because that would be misrepresenting God because that is not how he, how he describes what we're responsible to do this side of Pentecost. Right. I would say we would put John 13, 34, and 35. Well, nobody's going to do that because <laughs> that expressly talks about Jesus Christ. I was but, all set to get some petitions signed. Yeah. <laughs> but that is, how, that is how they would describe uh, what our responsibilities mm. are. And, of course, both versions of God's law Old Covenant era version, New Covenant era version are both derived from the two great commandments described in Matthew 22. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbors yourself. All the law and the prophets, that is every version of law, is derived from these two. But we have an Old Covenant era version, a New Covenant era version. And it's critical to be able to correctly discern what law am I under. any questions about today's program, want more information, or would like to support our ministry, you can find us on the web at ids.org or call us at 480-924-4290 or email jeff at jeff.volker at ids.org. 